again. Welcome along, along, listeners, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Glow West, where we chat all about the wonderful world of sex, sexuality, and the body. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Caroline West, and I'm always delighted to be a part of the Tortoise Shack Network, where you can find tons of content on politics, culture, society, and of course, me with the sex podcast. And if you like what we do, please do consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack to help keep the mics on. Or if you like, please pop over to Apple and Spotify to rate and review. And that really helps, not only makes me smile and makes me happy, but it really helps other people find the podcast as well. You can get in touch about the podcast and that is uh, at Glow West Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. I'm saying the word podcast way too much there. So today we have, it's kind of, you know, it will be a little bit of a difficult um, topic. So there will be a trigger warning for sexual violence here because we are talking about stealthing. And this is something that we're kind of new to understanding and naming and really kind of understanding what it looks like. And this is a particular case that's come up that's actually really challenging how we, I suppose, talk about sexual assault. So, um, you know, obviously a difficult topic, but one I think we really, really do have to talk about. So I have a perfect guest to talk about this with me today. Alexandra Black is a sexual health educator and podcast host. She works as creative content producer and campaign lead with the Active Consent Programme, which includes keeping up the conversation around consent across Active Consent social media platforms. She's also the co-host of the Green Light podcast, which looks at how pop culture influences our ideas of sex and consent. So Alex, how are you today? I am good, Caroline. Good. I'm very excited to be on your podcast again. Thank you so much for having me. Fabulous, fabulous. And I know you've had loads of coffee, so we'll be flying through this podcast. <laughs> Be yeah and it's been a big co- podcast day for us because we were it's a little crossover it's a little yeah. green light West pod, uh, podcast crossover and we've been doing a lot of recording today so we have we yeah, have I've been, I've been blessed to chat to you a lot today which really <laughs> yeah. nice. how is this our job it's mad <laughs> but yeah works out very well for us so you sent me you sent me amazing um messages all the time on instagram like if anyone wants to go follow um Alex's TikTok it's just like or Instagram it's just all the awesome stuff from TikTok um, as well as the active consent um, awesome stuff about consent as well but you sent me a case that really it kind of shocked me and again this is like me knowing all the stuff I know there's always so much more to learn like you're never finished learning about this and especially something about around consent and sexual violence like the language changes so much all the time as we kind of understand it understand it so you sent me a post about a conviction for stealthing in Germany and it's from a woman and my initial thought was like oh she must have removed a dental dam without consent but that's not actually what happened so do you want to tell us what what actually happened in this case Yes. So for once again, the people that don't know me, um, every day I'm scrolling on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever, because I, I'm the puppet master behind the scenes of the active consent social media. And just I'm a ve- I'm I am described by people in my life as very online. And you one are fun very thing, online. Yeah. Very <laughs> online. One fun thing I like to do, even on my personal accounts, is yes, I just curate TikToks for people to look at because I, that's how I numb out and kind of just turn my brain off. It's just scrolling on TikTok, maybe a bit too much. But um, on Instagram recently, I came across a really interesting case of stealthing. So this was the other week in Germany where a woman was convicted of stealthing. And so as we know, stealthing is basically the act of, well, most people's idea of it is removing a condom during sex without telling your partner and therefore you're violating their consent. And it is an act of sexual assault. And, but I was like, well, wow, how is is a woman convicted of this? And so it was a case between, it was a 39 year old woman, a 42 year old man. 
and they had a kind of sec or a friends of benefits sexual relationship is what you know this article said and but she had wanted something more she had wanted a more serious relationship and kind of the way that she decided to go about that was that she poked holes in the condom that they were using and didn't tell him because maybe in an idea to get well if I get pregnant then maybe we'll have a slightly more serious relationship which is not something we would ever condone doing <laughs> and um, nope. it didn't work she didn't get pregnant in the end but she did tell him what she had done and he pressed charges against her because obviously like that sexual assault and his reproductive coercion as well and yes she was convicted she was given a six-month uh, suspended sentence and I just I was interesting as almost not too positive a word, but I was like, my God, I never even would have thought that um, that could be used that way. And I haven't really looked into um, Germany's uh, laws around um, sexual assault and consent, but it's just, yeah, we were, our minds were boggled by it. We're like, it's fantastic yeah. that that was used that way. Absolutely. Like it is, and like, that's like, it's just been a meme. Like it's a pop culture trope of like, oh, if you want to keep them, poke holes in a condom. Like it hasn't ever been really phrased as sexual assault, but that's what it's always been. But we haven't understood it like that before really yeah like I've seen memes even in the past of like kind of it's it's yeah, not necessarily to that extent thankfully but it's like locking your legs behind him to be like trap him in make sure he like the, the, the idea would be that he would come inside you and you'll get pregnant but if it's like if it's a really good guy and you want to keep him in just like lock those legs kind of yeah. thing and that's used as, as a meme and then saying it out loud uh, you kind of realize oh Oh, that's not good. But, yeah, um, that, it's like pure sexual assault, but also funny, apparently. Like that's, it's just mad you look back now with more educated eyes and you're like, oh, that was not okay. That's the thing. And I think the interesting thing about stealthing and a lot of things that maybe fall under that umbrella and like we've seen this, like we saw this in Bridgerton in the first season for, this is going to be full of spoilers for any, uh, for any people who haven't seen maybe Bridgerton or some other shows we might talk about. But um, where you have, say, with Daphne and the Duke, a totally consensual scene between a married couple. But the entire time, basically, for anyone that doesn't know, um, he has he has kind of taken advantage of her lack of knowledge around sex. And he has been pulling out whenever they have sex. And she doesn't realize he said that he can't have children. But the reality is that he doesn't want to have children. But um, she then finds out how babies are made because if you're a woman in that era you probably didn't know and no, not many no. people had that knowledge and you weren't if your your mom told you you'd be lucky she had to go to a servant of hers who would have had a bit more knowledge around you know the birds and the bees but once she finds out oh wait a minute he's pulling out and that's why like he doesn't want to have children that's it's not that he can't he doesn't want to and so they're having sex she gets on top and she knows that he will want to pull out but she stops him and you can kind of see it in his face that he's like suddenly quite jarred. I'm like, oh no, this is going to happen. And that's when a totally consensual encounter is just turned on its head. Mm. And how there was a lot of kind of think pieces whenever that came out about Bridgerton had a rape scene and we, and no one has really talked about it or like no one is paying attention to it because even like the first thing that might come to you is kind of like, well, she got hers because he lied to her and she proved him wrong when in actual fact, it's actually got a very dark side of it. And I think because it was a female perpetrator and a man, I think that really did influence how we thought about it. Oh, 100%. I saw there's a viral tweet going around there the other day and it was a retelling of some older story and it was somebody in, oh, I want to say somewhere like Romania or Russia or somewhere, I think like 
Eastern Europe, somewhere hungry. Um, and a burglar broke into this lady's house or shop. And instead of robbing her, she kidnapped him and forced her, forced him to have sex with her for like three days straight or something. And like she was conventionally quite oh attractive. God. Yeah, but she was really attractive. And everyone, the comments underneath were like, oh, I wish she'd lock me up. Oh, I'm going to go over to her house to burgle her now and see what happens. And it was just this massive joke and it's like and then you wonder why male victims don't come forward when poking holes in a condom is just a laugh like it's just like oh I'm gonna baby trap you like it's just not taken seriously and even like like when you I was reading that article I was kind of was like oh the like I mean if it's a true retelling of the story but even that dynamic of like well she wanted more and he didn't and it's kind of it did it does kind of fall into those ideas that we have of like oh well women just like want to have relationships and men just want to have casual sex and you know there could be some people that might be like oh well like sure wanted like you know comeuppance for him because he was having casual sex with a woman that like maybe wanted more but just it's it was just a really interesting case of how our our ideas about you know what assault looks like and how relationships should be and stuff we're all converging in a really interesting way and whether or not say whether or not you agree with someone being like, oh, having a casual relationship when someone clearly wants more, it's like, well, that's never a reason to trap somebody or to, yeah. or to, yeah, or to like knowingly and like intentionally violate someone's consent. And very much the same thing with Bridgerton. It's like, yeah, well, sure. There was in, on her, on Daphne's part, there was a lack of informed consent because the Duke was kind of taking advantage of her ignorance and never explaining that to her, which obviously is a whole other conversation in itself and is not okay. But ultimately, like one thing that I always think about and people like to maybe say like and I understand conversations around consent can be really nuanced and it's something that we are talking about every day at Active Consent and at the Greenlight podcast but ultimately consent is about the fact that you can't make decisions about someone else's body without them because like when I think like my body is my home do you know what I mean like that's where I live that's where I exist day to day and actually that's it's such a violation someone cannot make decisions about your body and your home without you because that that like it just it's about your autonomy and respecting someone's body and that you just yeah you can't make those choices without them and it's honestly as simple as that as that at the end of the day it is and it's such a that's such a lovely analogy and easy to understand and I want to go back to what you said there about reproductive coercion because historically again we've understood that in terms of female victims of men not letting women take birth control or hiding it or um refusing to wear a condom so the fact that like this the poking holes in the condom thing is being labeled as reproductive coercion. I think that's really important. And, you know, having words like that maybe may make people think, actually, this is a lot more serious. Like it's, Mm. that's such a a strong term, you know, and like if we're bringing extra lives into the world and, you know, through assault, like we have to talk about these, these kind of things. Completely, because I mean, the conversation around reproductive rights often like, and rightly so, especially now with everything happening in the US is often about abortion rights. And absolutely, you know, the, that is kind of maybe the biggest conversation that we have, but reproductive rights is, goes much further. And it's also about, yeah, it's that, that everyone has the autonomy to decide if and when that they have a child. And that's not like a gendered thing. Obviously, it's mostly people with uteruses and female bodies that are affected by that. But everyone should have the autonomy to decide if and when they have children. Mm-hmm. And like, it's such a life-changing decision to bring a person into the world that you're then responsible for for 
at least 18 years, I think my mother would probably argue she was responsible for me a lot longer than that and probably still is in some instances. But it's it's just such a huge thing to take to bring a person into the world. Mm-hmm. And that decision should not be made without you. Yeah, because, absolutely. Take yeah. it to a thing. And there's also like STIs as well. Like it's, you know, there's people who, you know, might consent to sleeping with someone and on the basis that they will be using a protection, like a barrier method. But then if the, you know, if the condom is tampered with, whether it's taken off or, or uh, you know, damaged, like then they're not consenting to potentially gaining an STI that isn't covered by a condom. You know, herpes isn't covered by condoms all the time. But, you know, true to that, um, I was going to say liquid, the uh, fluid transfer, um, kind of yeah. the same thing. But yeah, so there's a lot to it. Like it's like violation of consent, reproductive coercion and like potential exposure to STIs and yeah. probably even more things. Completely. And the thing is that I think often when we look at these examples of um, assault and coercion and rape that don't fall under are traditionally what our ideas of rape looks like, which is usually a female victim, a male perpetrator. It's the dark man in the alley. It's the man hiding in the bushes. And these are our ideas of usually what a rapist looks like, and what a victim looks like. But that doesn't do due diligence to the huge wealth and the huge spectrum of experiences that people have. And I think whenever there's these cases where say it's consensual up to a point or it's 90% consensual and then this one thing happened that then kind of ruined everything is that people tend to be a little bit less sympathetic to those because the, the idea is almost like well you were having sex anyway what did you think would happen as if sex is an open door policy that once you agree um oh well then everything else that happens was just like well it's like well you there you knew that there was a risk so yeah, it's kind of like in for a penny, in for a pound kind of mentality. That's exactly it. It's like, well, sure, you you open the door to all the possibility. Yeah. When the question is, should be like, I think sometimes our conversations around consent are very much because the, there's obviously so much stigma and shame attached to being a perpetrator or a rapist, and you know, totally understand why that is the case. We're so hesitant then to actually kind of they're like oh those are pretty high claims you don't want to throw those words around willy-nilly so the idea is like oh well you know are you sure it wasn't a a much smaller deal or it wasn't that big a deal and especially whenever it's a case of um a sexual encounter that is mostly consensual and then there's this one element of it I feel like we we don't handle that as well no we really don't across a wider society because we have that very black and white view of like it's either all unconsensual or it's all consensual and it's like sometimes it can be both like i think there's such you know we're massive fans of i may destroy you um Mm -hmm. all our team but it's it's really good for you know we understand the first part is i don't try not to give away any spoilers um is sexual assault because she's unconscious Mm -hmm. and like that's clearer to people and then she agrees to sex with somebody else and then he takes off the condom and she jokes about it and she's like oh fuck's sake now I have to go get the morning after pill and like doesn't name it as assault and then is in a relationship with him and it's only when she kind of hears something and says actually she starts learning that stealthing is actually a crime mm-hmm. 
but then she's in a relationship with someone that she likes and she really likes this guy she consented to you know sex with him and you can see why that's really hard to start naming that as assault because there's elements of of consent and she likes him she's now dating him and she's Mm. now kind of found a bit of happiness and reclaiming her body after the initial sexual assaults and it's like Mm. it's so hard to then go oh actually you're not this lovely lovely person you've done this horrible thing to me like that's really hard yeah completely and I mean that's the thing and like we know this from the research that we do at Active Consent and like you see this in other research around the world is that while we do have those narratives of like you know the stranger down the alleyway you are so like statistically likely much more likely to be attacked by someone you know whether that's a friend an acquaintance a family member um a partner your boyfriend your girlfriend and that's actually so much more likely and then it's that's when I suppose we get into what people often call the gray areas of consent of like oh well like this is someone I, I love how does that impact how I feel about it and it's it's different then or like the kind of conversation becomes much more muddied then mm-hmm. but yeah. whenever it comes to that like because that's the thing like she wanted to have sex with them she really enjoyed having it and then it wasn't until yeah afterwards I think she has a conversation with the policewoman who has been working on her case is that it and then she's actually like no oh no that that's right yeah and suddenly seeing this in an entirely different light because I, often I think and this is something that is talked about in Rachel Thompson's book. And you had her as a guest before. So her book, oh, Rough. She's amazing. It's yeah. such a good book. It's a hard read, but I, hard, I highly recommend it. And it's called Rough, How Violence Made Its Way Into the Bedroom. And how often whenever we talk about when we throw around the words like assault and rape and that kind of thing, or like if you bring in the kind of legal aspect and the legal definitions, that she says that those kind of terms and the way maybe we frame sexual violence in a wider kind of society and culture isn't really for the victim or the survivor or the person that has experienced it it's not really to speak to the nuance of their experience or the spectrum of experiences there but it's more often like a line for perpetrators or in this case in her book she's kind of a lot talking about like male violence against women so perpetrators are meant to be like well where do you toe the line almost and it's like oh no you're fine you're in the boundary so those the way that we talk about it is more for like are are you in the clear or not or did you perpetrate um like an act of sexual assault against somebody I think a lot of those people are like oh I'd never like hold someone down and violently penetrate I'd never I'm not a rapist Hmm. but then they might do stealthing and they just there's a total disconnect there completely and it's the sort of thing of like once again when we're talking about like well you know that these encounters are um that often are a bit more ambiguous to people and harder for people to understand it's like well they were consensual to a point and then it's like afterwards someone might feel differently about it is that it's not just about did you want to have sex to take a box yes or no and I think whether or not we're talking about it in a legal case and that's kind of an entirely different conversation or like a little bit further down the line but for yourself and looking at these cases it's like well did you have the kind of sex you wanted to have and if you didn't why not and if you didn't to the point where you think your boundaries and your consent was violated then that's you know a further conversation but the idea of like well you agreed to sex so yeah, yeah, you like it or love it, you get what you get. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing like that's like, no, we should, we need to be having so much more nuanced conversations that include bad sex that maybe doesn't quite amount to assault, but it's still unpleasant. And those in kind of, it's, it's important to talk about those things. Mm-hmm. So the idea, I think is much more to think about it is like, well, did you have the sex that you wanted to have? 
as opposed to like, well, I agreed to that. So, um, you know, I, I got what I got. Yeah. Like consent is like the low bar for when it comes to sex. Exactly. It's like if, if you not the be all Yeah. If you leave someone's house or if you leave a one night stand or if you're like sleeping with your partner and you think, oh, well, you know, I wasn't raped. It's like that's the lowest possible bar for our sexual experiences that we are not assaulted and I think we can do much better yes and I think especially whenever we're talking about kind of the nuance and the you know of like well oh I liked this bit but I didn't like this and then this happened and I actually feel really bad about it like I think we just need to make more space for how nuanced those encounters can be yeah yeah no absolutely and and the law is kind of catching up then as as we ourselves grapple with all this kind of stuff the law is kind of getting there and i may destroy you has actually you know enhanced those conversations about law because people are watching it and understanding you know what's actually going on and i found some research on it was a 2018 study in australia found that one in three australian women have been stealthed while one in five men have also been stealthed and that's that's very high like that and these are people who know what that is and can say yes to that statement you know and and, like they have the language to describe their experiences like that's really high yeah that's incredibly high that's uh, that's like it's quite even shocking to me because you know I mean I know especially with a lot of the research that we've done an active consent on like Irish students once again people were quite alarmed by how high the rates of sexual assault and sexual violence were and it's kind of the I felt kind of disappointed but not surprised by it but to think for this one specific act of being stealthed and having someone remove a condom that you're consented that is incredibly high just for that one specific act like never mind the rest of the whole other spectrum of sexual violence people might have experienced like that is incredible that that is so it's high really high yeah and the, the law needs to kind of catch up a bit i know um so in new zealand they only had the first case in 2020 um a man was found guilty of rape after he removed the condom without permission halfway through sex so again started off consensual and then obviously the consent was violated um and in irish society it's we don't have a specific stealthing law but it is still illegal it still comes under our sexual assault laws yeah so i uh, i'm incredibly familiar with our consent law in ireland because one thing that we do on the active consent instagram is that we do a little breakdown and we've done this a couple of times a breakdown of ireland's consent law which is the um criminal law sexual bracket sexual offenses act 2017 and so it's section i'd literally it's section 48 kind of like underneath like part nine and um it's that a person cannot consent to a sexual act if they are so there's a lot of different stipulations that they go through like if you're asleep or unconscious if you're incapacitated by drugs or alcohol but one part of it is that if you are mistaken as to the nature or purpose of the act Mm -hmm. and so you're kind of like okay what does that mean and that's a bit kind of strange but the idea is that well if i consent to sex with a condom someone takes it off without telling me the nature of the act has changed yeah but it's changed without my consent or knowledge and so therefore I am mistaken as to the nature of the sex that I am having and so basically yeah everyone has to be on the same page and no one can be making choices about the sex you're having without you and that's where uh, Ireland's consent law kind of comes into play when it comes into stealthing and we found a case in 2018 where it was actually yeah it was actually used to prosecute somebody that had taken off kind of you you read a bit more about this than I did yeah this was um I actually found it really quite interesting because I was just blown away by the the victim's bravery first of all to bring to bring it to court I think was just absolutely incredible so they had um she had consented to sex um but she said I'm not interested if there's no condom um and they kind of kissed and everything else and then 
you know he tried and she said no and then he kissed and then she he did penetrate her and she said that that's actually rape um, and she had the absolute bravery to go to a sexual assault treatment centre and to bring the case to court and actually she um, you know he was found guilty and got you know a fairly hefty sentence I, I think it was a couple of years and with the final 18 months um, suspended so that really kind of shows actually they are taking this seriously and but I think a lot of people would struggle with a case like that at first because they'd say like you said earlier oh well a lot of it was consensual and sure it was only a little bit you know it wasn't violent or anything like that and this is we need to really have these open conversations and realize that's not all forms of sexual violence violence isn't part of it a lot of the time like overt violence what we think of as violence exactly and I think it's when you hear that word sexual violence that you're like oh this is someone pinning me down this is someone following me this is someone like physically hurting me and attacking me but like to even expand like even to look at violence in general it's like well for someone to cross your boundaries whenever even especially when you've explicitly said I don't want to do xyz I don't want to have sex without a condom and for someone to do that anyway it's just such a lack of regard for your autonomy and what you want Mm -hmm. and just it's such a disrespectful thing to do and for someone to kind of cross your boundaries especially when like I think maybe especially now like hookup culture is a lot more I mean people have always been hooking up you know but especially now hookup culture is is so prevalent that people maybe are a bit so throwaway about how we talk about sex but sex it's still quite a vulnerable thing to to invite someone to say like like I said earlier like your body is your home to be like here here's me in my home naked and I'm going to see yours too and we're going to rub them against each other and see how it feels like it is quite a funny and vulnerable thing to do with somebody. So even if you're not pinning them down, even if you're not like really forceful about it to still disregard someone's boundaries and what they want is it, that's a violent act. It just is. Mm. And, you know, that yeah, I think that word sexual violence and there's so once again, there's so much stigma attached to it. And there's even research to show that people are very unlikely to say um, like, oh, I was raped or I was assaulted. And even that's something that comes up in active consent research. And I know that some people have found it a bit strange before that um, our research reports will say like, oh, like non-consensual penetration or non-consensual sexual touch. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, why aren't you just saying rape? Why aren't you just saying assault? And the thing is that way more people admit to having experienced rape and experienced sexual assault once you take those words out of it because the words carry so much stigma and weight and shame and people what if you describe an act rather than say have you ever been raped if you ever say has anyone ever penetrated you without your consent or has anyone ever held you down or has anyone ever done x y or z way more people will admit to it yeah yeah which is really interesting and I think it was great as well that like we have um like we were so specific about it because if, if we don't understand rape then it's like this huge big thing whereas if you're able to say non-consensual touching of this part or choking and Rachel really explores that in her book as well of like choking isn't legally considered to be rape like rape is a legal specific definition but it choking is sexual assault but lots of people don't have that language just quite yet you know so we have to be really kind and compassionate to people as like this is it's a very difficult topic and there's one quote in um um i may destroy you um when she's she eventually kind of 
comes around to you know the idea that this was assault and she said he's not rape adjacent or a bit rapey he's a rapist and it's like that's really hard to label someone that you care about as that because then you have that knowledge and you're like now what do I do because there's no going back you know once you've labeled that person you're just thinking I know I have this knowledge now like what do I do with it it's the same as domestic violence once you say I'm a victim it's like okay, now what? And that's really hard for a lot of people because these are hard things to deal with. Completely, absolutely. And even in, the thing is, and you can see it for her there because this is kind of her first real um, romantic thing after she's been assaulted. And imagine how hard that is when you've just experienced assault and then someone that you like and are interested in and you think, oh, they respect me, they're into me. You actually find out that they then have actually violated you too and just in, in a different way that you didn't realize beforehand. And I think that's such a tough conversation to have. And yeah, I think it's it's important to kind of acknowledge the fact that it, it's it's great that she like it's it's great that in the show that they explicitly say that and then someone then tells her like actually no, that's assault mm. or that's rape. Because not many people, not every like, a lot of people could have experienced this and have no idea that it's rape or that they have been assaulted. And it's actually it's a hard thing to find out that you've been victimized yeah and that's why often especially especially on our social media like obviously if we're in an active consent workshop or one of our e-learning modules there's a it's it's we can point to support services much easier it's a much more kind of protected safe place but one thing that we always have to be conscious of especially say if we're putting out ads or putting out a post or something is to be very careful about the kind of language and stuff that we're using because we don't want just some say some 20 year old student that's following us to be scrolling on their instagram one day and they see our post and suddenly they realize, wait, wait a minute, I had an experience like that and I didn't think that I was assaulted. And suddenly we've dropped a bomb on them that because it can be it's a very, it can be a really upsetting thing to find out. Oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm a survivor of assault or I'm a victim of rape. Mm-hmm. And like you don't want to drop that bomb on somebody when they're just scrolling through their Instagram. And they're trying to turn the brain off or they're trying to just, you know, pass the time. So. Mm. it's yeah I think we just need to be so careful with people and some people may never actually come to the realization that what happened to them was assault and it's almost a case of I think that you know there's arguments for and against that I think it's really interesting because it's almost the same way as like a lot of people might not know this but when you go for a routine STI check they actually won't check you for herpes because most of the population has it it's something like 80 yeah, percent of the world yeah. if you've it. ever had sex yeah. you've pretty exactly. much been exposed you probably have it. and like and that yeah. could be cold sore virus that could be it might be it doesn't matter what it is but unless you're having an active breakout they actually won't test you for it and the thing is like well are we doing because the the thought behind that then is well most of the world has it are we doing more harm than good by telling someone that oh by the way you have herpes because then they might be like oh well I've never had an outbreak Mm. maybe I just had a cold sore once 10 years ago does that mean now I have to disclose this to all my sexual partners and then you have this whole other thing so that's kind of the reasoning of why you don't you're not actually routinely tested for herpes or HSV one or two um, when you go to an STI screening Mm. and I think it's a similar conversation then when we're talking about assault because and some people might go their whole lives and not know that they have actually been assaulted and it's like it's on the one hand, there's an idea for, are you doing more damage than good to tell them? And then suddenly they have to deal with the emotional fallout of that and how that's going to impact all their future relationships. And so it's just, it's a really nuanced conversation. It's, and like, obviously, yeah, it's hard. That's, and, and it's really hard to think about it. And obviously, you know, it's different for every person. But um, obviously, yeah. then it's, it's important then that we have stuff like I May Destroy You that's showing on a huge international scale on TV, actually, no. 
this person assaulted me and like it was totally consensual up until, up until this moment but this is rape and as you say it's not a bit rapey it's not rape adjacent he is a rapist yeah. and so it's also so important then that we have those portrayals of it going forward because then people will watch that then and be like oh actually wait that did happen to me and so while it can be really hard and for a lot of people maybe they'll go their whole lives and not know it's kind of amazing then to have these huge cultural conversations that sh- that break that really show people maybe the spectrum of sexual violence that it's not just the, the man down the dark alleyway yeah absolutely I think like that's been one of the great things about me too um is that people are understanding a lot more they're looking back and going oh yeah actually that encounter that was not great I remember being on a radio show and someone said do you think me too has gone too far I was like we haven't even started we haven't even named half the stuff the iceberg. that's that's gone on like it's just really like oh there's just there's so much and I want to um there's one study I found um it's from another Alex uh, Alexandra Brodsky <laughs> and she did or they um I'm I'm assuming um is uh, they did a study on stealthing but what they actually found so they looked at men who poke holes in condoms without their partner's yeah. consent um but they also found a lot of online communities and it def- they defend stealthing as a male right so obviously this is kind of very incelly kind of behavior um and they allow men to trade tips and advice so of like how to get them to not notice that the holes are there and how to stealth effectively like what's the best technique and it's like holy shit (laughs) like how how is that community how is how are people gathering and going yeah I'm gonna learn from these other bunch of creeps how to sexually assault someone like how do you get to that point in your life where you're just going I I, this is my community like other people like art communities or you know TikTok dog communities yeah like the the craft I mean I'm a big crafter anyone that knows me knows that love my soul the crafting community is not having conversations online and on, and on Reddit about how to, you know, hurt people. Yeah. And that's, that's the, like, it just comes down to like entitlement then mm. once again. And I think so much of um, sexual assault can actually just be boiled down to, I, I feel an entitlement over this person's body yeah. more so than them. And I'm going to make decisions about their body without them. And I feel entitled to do that. And it's just so horrifying that you've got a whole culture of people that are then like being like, oh yeah, yeah go on ahead that's your right or you're you're well able to do that and yeah it's horrifying to be like oh well if you do this they won't notice as much or and it's that kind of because I think especially when we talk about um especially in the active consent program and our workshops um those kind of maybe slightly more ambiguous cases where say there's a lot of alcohol involved and that kind of thing that's when people kind of talk about the quote-unquote gray areas of consent but you know, we're talking about stealthing here and being like, well, it's entirely consensual up until this moment. And then it's taken off or changed. But taking off a condom is such an intentional act. And you actually can't even sugarcoat it no. with the element of like, oh, well, they're like, because for a lot of people, a lot of people might brush off a lot of cases being like, oh, well, like, sure, he was really drunk as well. Or they were really drunk, too. Or they weren't in the right mind when they were doing this. But to take off a condom or to intentionally like poke holes into it it's it's such an intentional and premeditated thing to do yeah you're not whipping out like a sewing kit right before sex like you've planned that that's and that's even scarier to deal with because if someone's done that to you you went they planned to assault me it wasn't like a spur of the moment thing like they actually Mm. prepped which is scary yeah no that no like it's quite harrowing whenever you think about it in you know in those terms that actually this is planned and premeditated mm. and how 
like harrowing that is and it's just yeah. and like the fact the premeditation of it means that whatever your partner said after the fact didn't matter because you're like well I was planning to do this from the get-go so your experience didn't really matter to me very much yeah yeah oh, God, it's just well yeah it's um it's pretty horrendous but I'm really glad that we can have this kind of conversation and I think it's it's helpful because this might have happened to people we know or might happen to us and it's good that, that we can have these kind of words or you know if, it, if we know it's happened to a friend they can point your friend to this episode and um maybe just kind of learn a little bit about it because I think there's a lot of self-blame when it comes to sexual violence as well and oh I should have done this and I shouldn't have done that but you know that's just not the case it's it's a natural thing to kind of feel a lot of the time but it's not deserved you know no one deserves to be sexually assaulted whether that's holes in a condom or literally anything that isn't consensual completely, completely. Yeah. and I think especially with these kind of cases that we're talking about they don't that they don't really fit into society's view of what assault looks like once again as we talked earlier the idea of like oh well you said yes to sex so you know the rest you do you just have to deal with what happened afterwards is that, you know, because people will think like, oh, well, I wanted to have sex with them and there's someone that I care about and I don't want bad things to happen to them. But I like I feel bad about what happened. That's OK. And it's OK to feel a nuance of different feelings over something that's happened. But yeah, ultimately, like no one should have been making that choice for you. No one should have been taking that choice out of your hands because another part of Ireland's um, consent law says that no one else like like no one else can give consent on your behalf. So like you have to be the one that's consenting to whatever you're going to do that involves your body. So your partner can't be making choices for you. And while like even it might be a case of if you're in a relationship, like your partner knows what you like and that's great. But no one else can decide for you the kind of sexual experience that you're going to have. You need to decide. And that is within your realm and your right. And once again, just nobody can make decisions about your body without you. Mm -hmm. I think the, the active consent motto sums that up quite well, doesn't it? Consent is OMFG. Yes, OMFG. So this is a great model that we came up with and um, like students helped us come up with this because there's a lot of different acronyms to talk about consent. But I love OMFG because uh, it means ongoing, mutual and freely given. So ongoing, obviously, it's throughout any type of intimacy at all. So it's not just like a penis going into a vagina or a penis penetrating something. It's anything. And it's that's the thing. It comes in. It's choking as well. And because I think people because it's not explicitly to do with your genitals, people are assuming like, oh, well, I don't really need to do that. But like, you know, imagine someone putting their hands around your neck. Like that's a really, like that's quite a, a power thing. And like therein lies its appeal for a lot of people. And like, you know, we are not shaming that by any means, but there are very unsafe ways to choke somebody and there's safe ways to do it. And if someone wants you to do it, great, all well and good. But imagine someone just putting their hands around your neck out of context, if you're not prepared for that, if it's not something that you want, like that's quite jarring. And especially say if it's a man putting his hands around a woman's neck, if someone did that on the street, you'd be horrified. And so why do we think it's okay in a bedroom that it's just kind of like, oh, well, that's just part and parcel of sex now. So, you know, at any point ongoing through all sexual activity for anything, you, you, you both need to want it and you both need to be on the same page. And then mutual obviously you're both enjoying it you're both on board freely given then is that you know what no one's forcing you no one's coercing you you're not like totally incapacitated by drugs or alcohol that you can't make that choice for yourself and you can't you're not in your right mind and yeah I just think it's, it's such a neat handy little acronym that it's and it kind of really focuses on the positive too that you know it's ongoing and it's mutual and freely given and you feel the freely given capacity to be like yes I'm, I'm down for this this is something I want to do 
Yeah, perfect. Because, yeah, if you're going to have sex, it should be on your terms and exactly how you want it to be. So um, which is fab. Alex, thank you so much for talking to me today about this. I think just such a an interesting topic. And I'm kind of really glad that we did this with the inclusion of the poking holes in, in the condom aspect of it, because, you know, it's not just the removal of a condom. There's different um, nuances. Again, it's a nuance of a nuance in a nuance. There's like Absolutely. so many I- layers. Absolutely. And it even just cast, so I'll say this quickly, but it cast my mind back to, I remember, I believe it was on Tuesday nights, whenever I was in secondary school, everyone would watch Desperate Housewives and Grey's Anatomy and everyone the next day would be talking about it. And I mean, these shows got pretty spicy, but I mean, I was watching this with my mom and with my sister and I'll never forget. Um, so Carlos and Gabby, you know, one of the couples in Desperate Housewives, there's one point because he wants to have kids and she doesn't. And he starts tampering with her birth control pills. And you know she ends up getting pregnant but then the line she forgives him because she's like oh you know I'm happy to have a family but like once again like that's reproductive coercion that's assault that's rape because like once again like you can't make that choice without somebody and it's so funny then it was the, especially because it was a male on a on a woman there was even that gendered aspect of like well women should want to have children and women should want to have babies there's, so, there's a lot in that like there's that's, so much to unpack yeah we're gonna have to do um a green light episode on, on that because that's yeah. oh there's a lot in that so yeah <sighs> okay yeah <laughs> no I keep your eyes the iceberg for the conversation <laughs> yeah there's just there's always so much that's the joy of sex conversations I suppose they, they can always kind of go on and on and stuff but um but where can people find you and active consent work if they want to learn more in the meantime so you can find Active Consent on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So it's at Active Consent. And we have a fantastic website called consenthub.ie. That's in partnership with the Department of Justice and Department of Further and Higher Education, where we have all our resources there and some frequently asked questions about consent. We've got videos. We've got lots of really fantastic educational content materials that are going to be going up, especially over the coming months. And so that's particularly good for young people, educators, parents, if you have any kind of questions around consent and some of the things that we might have spoken about today or the consent law or like what, how do I have these conversations? There's a wealth of fantastic information there. So go there. And yeah, if you could just follow us where we're talking about consent every day on the active consent Instagram, especially on Twitter. Fantastic. And yeah, we have our podcast called Green Asterix Light. It's like green light, but just has the asterisk in it. So you'll find myself and Alex over there as well talking about consent and pop culture. And yeah, we totally have to do an episode on stealthing and pop culture because there's so much more to it that, that we need. Absolutely. Yeah, no. Unfortunately, it's quite a large conversation and it yes. goes on even further than the one hour that we have today. So yeah, we're always talking about consent and pop culture and different interesting things over on Greenlight. And it's so much fun. And it's so much fun to be able to do it with also with um, Dr. Charlotte McIver, who's one of our program leads and is absolutely fantastic. And we have so many really interesting conversations and really good guests. And please listen to it. So you can get it on Spotify and Apple Music or anywhere else to find your podcast fantastic yeah no awesome episodes coming up um and if anyone has been affected by any of the issues today you can contact your local rape crisis center um and the number for women's aid is 1-800-341-900 and the number for men's aid is 0155438811 yeah and if you also go to consenthub.ie you'll see there's a big get help button which also has a lot more different support services for, uh, across a variety of needs and age groups and d- demographics and all that kind of thing so you can also find support services there perfect yeah no that's the thing nobody's alone you know there's is there is support out there regardless of age gender sexuality there is always someone there ready to listen 
and you are absolutely not alone if this has happened to you so we thank you so much for listening and you know please share it around you know if one in three Australians have experienced this who knows you know how many people um, around us have experienced it as well so um, yeah depressing one for today but a really important one that we have to have so um, mind yourselves and I'll chat to you next time Bye.